Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. All right, Jeff. The title of this episode really threw me for a loop. <laughs> and, um, and it's not because it's not clever. It's just when you, when you told me, because we, we were in a meeting prior to the recording, and you said, not my monkeys is going to be the episode <laughs> I want. <laughs> and I immediately thought... What, is, what do monkeys have to do with EQ and personal growth or whatever? So now that I know exactly where you're going, um, I got to I gotta start um, by giving you, uh, uh, I'm going to retell for you a, a nightmare I had. Because I've been one of these people who um, in my past where I always felt like I needed to be Superman. You know, he mm -hmm. needed to be saved just, you know, may, you know, call me, I'll, I'll fly in and right. know, save the day. And I couldn't say no. So I had this nightmare that I was walking, uh, at the top level of a house was looking out a window and I could see a line of people out to the street leading up to my front door. And in the nightmare, I'm not like registering. Why are these, why are they all here? So I go downstairs and I go to the front door to open it and ask the first person. And it was, they had, they had some issue, some, some argument, some drama that they were experiencing and they wanted my attention and my input and my act activity. And I remember in this, it was, okay, so what are the rest of these people here for? And this person said, well, they're here for the same thing. <laughs> And I remember that feeling of, oh my gosh, dread and anxiousness going, I can't, I can't manage all this for these people. I don't know if it meant anything, but when you were telling me about it, about this episode and where you wanted to go, I'm thinking about, wow, that kind of communicates to me about what happens when you pay no attention to what bandwidth you have. Mm -hmm and what you should be involved in. And just because you're experiencing the drama, does it mean that I'm supposed to experience the drama? So why don't you open it up a little bit okay, for it's everyone? Just, it's, you know, just from an old expression, not my circus, not my monkeys. Ah, right. Okay, it's, right. it's the idea of, <laughs> it's not my problem. Now that doesn't mean I don't have empathy for you or care about your problem, but it's not my problem. Either it doesn't affect me, or I can't fix it. And, and figuring out what you, you know, is this something I need to be involved in? Or is this something that's just going to suck that bandwidth up? It's funny because 
before the meeting meeting, we were talking about Wi-Fi problems. Right. And, you know, you can suck up all that bandwidth and nothing works. Yeah. You, you've exhausted it. You can't do anything else. And so I want to make sure that I also heard you uh, because I, I kind of come at this also from the perspective of, and I think I heard you say this in this way, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I'm willing to help you. Mm-hmm. If you need a helping hand. Right. But I cannot own your issue or your problem or your drama. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I? Yeah. You know, and, and then also have the, you know, we talk about consequential thinking and, and things like that. Have the understanding is, you know, I, I really, you know, I feel empathy for your situation, but I just can't help you. Mm-hmm. Would that be like, for example, in someone who maybe needs clinical help for an issue um, that maybe they, they, they're looking to you to maybe be that person that can help them solve it. And, and again, I understand, Jeff, I mean, you can have that cup of coffee with that person mm-hmm. and, and listen. But I think if, if it, at some point early on, if, if they're looking for you to, to offer somewhat of a clinical, you know, some type of clinical advice, you do have to have the courage to say, I'm not equipped to do yeah. that, right? It could, be, it could be a situation like that. It could be um, <laughs> getting drawn into personal battles between two people. Ah, yeah. You mean kind of like the, the, the husband and wife or the spouse and the partners and all that other stuff. Where Yeah, or the, the people at your work. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. It's, you know, you come up to me and you, I can't, I, you know, this person is making me so angry and blah, blah, blah. I don't want any of that. I'm, I, I am not in that fight, you know. So yeah. take your monkey and go someplace else. Right. And, and that, and that, I know, I know. For some, that sounds like, oh, that's that's awfully harsh, Jeff. And and I don't think you're advocating that everything no. has to be said that way. Right. But I think ultimately the message, right. the underlying okay, message is, for, yeah. right, is okay. If your problem is with Jeff, the best thing you can do is track Jeff down, call Jeff up, send Jeff a text, and you two need to be talking about it. Right. Don't I. I don't need to be involved in this. It's yeah. just, I, you know, I have my and own you, things. And and you know what, Jeff? I think there's also another reason why, because if you jump in and get involved, you're robbing that person of the opportunity to work through something that is truly theirs. Yeah, because they know, okay, I, <clears throat> I know I can go over to Jeff and he's going to agree with me and he's going to help me fuel my whatever. Right, right. and I totally understand that. Because there have been times in my life where I've been either afraid, reluctant, whatever, to confront the the other person, and I felt better if I could talk to this friend um, and feel like maybe they told me, well, maybe, you know, why don't we meet again and we can talk about maybe some ways, and I felt better because I didn't have to, then it kind of relieved me of the fear that I had of actually... When in reality, maybe the best advice would be you need to have a conversation mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not saying like I said, like you said, you know, just don't cut them off. Right. You know, you don't be rude or anything. Like sometimes you might have to, but if, if yeah, elevation. It, but right. no, you you want to guide them. 
away from you know what they're getting what they think they'll get from you to what they really need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so it could be all you know anything like that it could be um you know gossip about what's you know the you know they're going to lay off 50 people and well you know you you I'm, I'm sorry i i'm cutting you off but that was the thing i failed to mention is that what you were describing earlier there about you know, somebody coming to you about someone else, that mm-hmm. typically is the pathway for gossip, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, yeah, so that, that you know, gossip is, uh, what is it? I never, it's in Peter or James, I forget, where they talk about. Oh, the power of the tongue. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, and how it can set a forest of fire, and I forget the and other the, part. Then the feather. That yeah. blows away, and you're never going to get it back. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other yeah. episode yeah. sometime. Yeah. yeah. See, we 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 get ourselves sidetracked, folks. So, all right. So, Jeff, I'm going to pivot uh, to a list of things that um, might be helpful, and maybe ha- how we can navigate this idea that hey, it's your monkey, uh, not mine, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, we touched a little bit about people. That's probably the biggest one, right? Yeah, I think so because it it's the person you know that you're uh, next to that yeah, is right, right there with you. Right. Um, and and I I think this is a helpful exercise uh, for our audience. Um, and I learned this in a a mental health first aid. I think that's how it went. Basically, being able to sort of triage and and help people on a very high level mm-hmm. who may be dealing with. Um, some things around mental health. Um, but in this exercise, they had us, um, for illustration purposes, uh, on a piece of paper, they had like all these circles um, that were around one another. So it was almost layers, you know, a circle in the inside, then one outside of that, mm-hmm. and one outside of that, one outside of that. And what you were to do is to write the initials of those who belonged in the very center circle. Okay. And then those on the outer, I mean, ideally, those in the inner circle are the absolutely most important people. You could count on them. You could call them up at two in the morning and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm in sick and I can't I can't I don't have a car. Will you come and pick me up and take me to the emergency room?" And you wouldn't think twice about it because mm-hmm. you're in that circle. Right. Next out of circle, maybe more like friends, neighbors. You know, probably if you called them at two in the morning, they're probably going to say, well, have you called 911 and do you, do you have a friend? I mean, they're the ones that would take you to the airport. Yeah, potentially. Right. Right. Those kind of deals. And what the exercise is designed to do was two things. One, you need to have a lot of key people, a a lot or the right people Mm -hmm. in that inner circle. I think that that's important. The right people in that inner circle. Yeah. It's not, it's not many, it's the right. Mm -hmm. So the right people. And then it was also to help you understand that many people don't. Mm-hmm. Many people would have a struggle to identify who is there, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm, where I'm going with that is, is that if, if that is sort of the lens, uh, it would help us to understand where our place is in the particular situation, right? Right. Um, if it's somebody who's three circles out, Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a, hey, I don't know what to tell you. You know, have you thought about maybe talking to a psychologist or, hey, I don't know what to help you. 
Um, maybe your teenage son would be willing to, you know, maybe go on a, you know, dad and son trip. It's going to be very vague and it's going to be high level. And not personally involved. And not personally involved. But if it's your spouse, if it's your brother, if whoever it is that you've uh, the right people in that mm-hmm. circle, when they come to you with the drama, that one is you're really going to inject and be involved in. And I want to please make sure that I, that everyone understands. It does not mean that if you are in the inner circle that you're going to reward bad behavior. Right. That you're going to enable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people that I know, Jeff, where the relationship that they're dealing with is robbing them. Mm-hmm. And they're unwilling to do anything about it because in their head, that's my brother, that's my son, that's my you know, my best friend from 20 years. Yeah. And, and, you know, with what we're talking about, you know, I use that. It's not my monkey thing kind of as a funny thing, but right. you're talking about the same thing. Even with those people close to you, the not my monkey thing means I don't know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a monkey expert <laughs> in right, this case, right. you know what we're talking about, but yeah. I'll, I'll stand by you, but I'm not the one that can fix this. Yeah, because it also, I think, with people, it, it becomes important that we understand the dynamic of connection, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things in my mind that can break connection is when you have one person is not taking responsibility for their right. behaviors, choices, and the other person is being pulled into to go along and to manage mm-hmm. it with exactly, them, you know? Um, so for someone who I know we kind of joked, you know, about the absolute statement of not mine, you're out or whatever. Yeah. So what would you say to those who say, well, so what are some recommendations? How do I say to the person, um, you know, your monkey is not, how does that go again? The saying just your monkey, not my circus. It's not my circus, not my monkey. Right, right. Okay. So how do you say that in a way, do you think Jeff, that, um, maybe leaves the person potentially, and I want to underline potentially because you can't be responsible for their reactions, responses and whatever, and say it in a way that might be respectful and and kind. You have to do it with empathy for yourself and especially for the other person Mm -hmm. and say, you know, I I totally understand. You know, I can feel what you're feeling. I I understand, you know, I'm taking what you're saying, what you're sharing with me very seriously, Mm -hmm. but I have to be totally honest with you. This is not something that I have the skills to help you with. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stand by you. I'll do anything that you ask me to do to help you, but I'm not the one that can get you where you need to be. And you know, say it that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, you're, you're still offering yourself in this relationship to be able to, to stand by the person I had, you know, we've talked about my anxiety stuff. I had people that stood by me, but luckily I was, I, those people knew they weren't the ones that could fix the situation. So that's what I think is, is like when you're dealing with people, you don't want to hurt them. You know, you want to discount their problem. You want to acknowledge it. You want to acknowledge uh, that this does not make them a lesser person. Right. But I'm just not the person that can do this. You need to do this or you need to do that. Right. You know, talk to someone, like you said. You yeah. know, you, you, you need, with my help, you need to take the situation over. Yeah. 
Um, it's been worn out uh, in our culture, you know, this idea of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think it got hijacked by, by the Republican Party some years ago, <laughs> which, you know, like, cue the eye roll. Um, so I'll show how much I think of the politicians. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that is very powerful about personal responsibility, that it is, it is a very, um, it's a very important thing because at the end of the day, the choices that I make, um, are going to produce the life I'm living. Right. For the most part. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but I think that that's something that I don't want to share with three, four, five, seven people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to share it with another human being. And, and I mean it in this way. Um, I've got to live with the results of my choices. Mm -hmm. now, and I get it in, in cases like mine where I'm married. Uh, there is an extension to that. I, I do have to be aware. I don't make my choices in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if my wife were sitting here, she would say, he's responsible to do what only he can be responsible for. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, that's the healthier view of personal responsibility right. is recognizing that. Again, that is not negating or taking away a loved one's offer of help, mm -hmm. a loved one's offer of support. What we're talking about is, is that if that loved one says, well, why don't you let me know this is something that is mine, is my responsibility mm -hmm. to work through. Support me. And maybe that support is in prayer. Maybe that support is I have a dear friend who is a psychologist. Or I, that, that support could be I understand you're going through this. I understand that right now you're not going to be behaving normally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. All right. Or, or one of my favorites, it kind of comes back to about empathy is I'll, I'll sit and listen. Mm -hmm. If you need someone to listen to where you're at, I'll sit and listen. Uh, and that's a very supportive way. I mean, that's one of the most important things we can do for someone. Well, and I think, Jeff, we, and we've talked about it before, absent of that, you can't really offer empathy. Because if, really, if, if I don't know your story, if I don't understand, mm -hmm. like you're making it clear to me, like it's point A, it's point B, it's point C, until you lay that out for me, um, I can't know mm -hmm. because my biases might say, well, no, it's not point A and point B, point C. It's probably you could get rid of A and just use B and C. Mm -hmm. Whoa, wait a minute. That's How do you know that? How do you know that? That's not our place as the listener. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think there's, those, those are some powerful ways in which when it comes to how do we communicate that this is yours, right, to the other person. All right, so the wonderful land of social media. Thoughts on that? I'm not saying leave it. It's probably best if we all did, but that's not the world we live in right now. Right. But pay attention to what you're getting involved in in social media. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody starts a, a Twitter feed or whatever. You, I don't do Twitter, so I, or Facebook, whatever. Do you need to say anything and make a comment? Do you, you know, is what they're talking about something that really concerns you? Or is it just, I think about it, I'm going to get mad rather than something that really concerns you. And once again, you know, that takes some 
you know, some self-reflection or whatever. Is this something that's really important to me, or am I just doing it because everybody else is? Or if I know I say this, somebody will say that, and then we, you know, that's kind of stuff. So, you know, once again, if it's something that's really important to you, fine. You know, you're invested in it, but if it's not, don't. The other thing, Jeff, that I think about social media is a little more insidious in nature, and it's the voice in our own heads as we scroll through story after story, photograph after Mm -hmm. photograph. And I just had this happen um, during the time of this recording. There are many graduations going on, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm I'm of the age where the graduations relate to college more than they do to Mm -hmm. high school. And uh, my son, uh, who is going to be a senior in college next, uh, this coming fall, I guess, um, graduates 2024, right? Um, he's got some of his friends that are graduating now. Uh, some of them are doing advanced type stuff. You know, uh, I graduated early and I'm moving into my master's program. Right. And of course, as social media does, it gives the air of, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. <laughs> Look at what I'm accomplishing. And maybe an implied, well, how are you doing? Not so much the how are you doing, like I really care about how you're doing, but like how are you doing compared to me? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, Jeff. I'm not saying that every post that I'm referencing to you now was uh, the old humble brag thing. Right. Right? But I noticed how my son was having his response to in conversation over dinner. And he didn't give a, well, I'm nothing and I'm a failure Mm -hmm. and I'm not this and that, but I could get a little tinge of, you know, like him doing some self-examination. Like, well, am I, where, like where, how do I rate? Right. And I've tried this um, and I've done this, I should say for many years, even when he was much younger is to, always kind of reinforce, you got to run your race. You're one of one. Don't listen to the herd. Just let it, just let it pass you on by. And I get it, Jeff. I sometimes, I feel it. I'm human, you know, on and on. But to me, when that comes up, it's like, you got to keep moving here. You just, you just got to keep moving. You got to run your race, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it, I'm hoping that it has placed him in a position of where he will begin to go, that's your story. That's your your path. Mm-hmm. And your path is yours. My path is mine. And I think to some degree, maybe that helps him a bit to go, you know, I, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for the decisions I'm going to make, the school I'm going to go to, the event. Maybe I'm going to get an advanced degree. Maybe I'm not. You know. he's, he's worrying about his monkey. Exactly. Because I think that ultimately that's kind of the underlying message here. Mm-hmm. You've got your monkey. I got mine. Yes. And I, I, I have enough to do chasing mine around. I don't want to chase yours. Yeah. So as we look at um, organizations. Okay. I've um, got a, a true experience years right. ago. Yep. I was a member of the church. I was on the trustees. So all that stuff. Yep. Sang in the choir. Um, somebody donated a good chunk of change and it was designated to get new choir robes, mm-hmm. new hymnals, and new carpet in the sanctuary. 
And none of those things mattered to me. You know, it's nice to get the new stuff. I, I maybe like this color scheme a little bit better than that, but it didn't matter. But I was constantly getting trying to be brought into one pat faction or the other. And, you know, to me, I didn't care. And it, I mean, it was some heated meetings. You know, you'd think a church would handle it better, but churches are usually the worst ones to handle this kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But yeah, don't get caught up in that stuff. It, the color of the, the hymnals and the robes and stuff is not going to affect the message that you're trying to convey. And I would dare say, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you would agree or not. I find that if you get a scent, uh, if you if you're sniffing that that's where the organization is going, mm -hmm. early is better than later, and making it very clear, hey, um, this is where I'm looking at it from the lens of mm -hmm. I'm, it, and I would again, I'm not putting words in your mouth or for anyone else out there who may be, but if it were me, it was like if we're gonna have meetings to debate on the color of a carpet. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to be here. And we're talking about volunteers. We're talking mm -hmm. about, I get it. If this was your employer, uh, there's a different way of, of addressing it. And I'm, I'm more than happy to do that, Jeff. But I think in cases of like what you described, where it's a volunteer situation, if, you know, it, it, in most any situation, regardless of the organization, the earlier you can communicate, like, hold on the better off you're going to be because if you wait on that one, I mean, it'll, it'll start to take on a life of its own and, and you'll find yourself, man, you're in tangles. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I had to set a boundary of, I am not getting involved in this. And it's, you know, and it, it could be, so, and sometimes, you know, for a little church, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, another organization I was with, we, some people didn't stack the chairs right in the multi-purpose room. It's like, <laughs> so um, can I uh, throw in the business? And I know that's one of the ones we were going yeah. to talk about too, uh, because I have a story, uh, and you just used the word, and we didn't really talk about it, but boundaries. Right. Um, I think that that is a very important thing. If you haven't developed boundaries in, in virtually all facets of your life, mm -hmm. um, I recommend you do because it, it will keep you accountable to you and your health uh, versus allowing others to pull you in to thinking that, again, their monkeys are yours. So here's the story. So a friend of mine starts a position and it, I mean, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, the interview is like the first date. On mm -hmm. the first date, you, you, your clothes are absolutely pressed. Your, your shoes are shined. You know, you're, you've cleaned up well. And, and you love everything about the other person, right? Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's after marriage or after getting serious, the person lets down their guard. And then you mm -hmm. start to find out who they really are. <laughs> So if, if that was the case, none of us would ever get married. Right. So <laughs> here's what's interesting to me was that uh, the manager, um, you know, in the interview, oh, no, micro, we don't micromanage. That's that's definitely no, 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 no. We want you to feel empowered and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 
Turns out he's a micromanager. And what was even worse is that he would, um, he would like randomness. I mean, it could be like Saturday afternoon at two 30, a text message. Hey, I need you to give me X, Y, and Z Sunday morning at 10. Um, did you see that report? And, and we need to make sure that we're ready to talk about this on Monday. I mean, and it, it was just like, oh my gosh, right? So they asked my opinion, you know, just hey, what do you what do you think? I mean, I because you know, my manager. And I said, I know it's going to sound tough, and it might take some courage, but you're going to need to have a conversation about boundaries, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you're gonna you may have to reference back to the interview process when it was very made very clear that there was not micromanaging. You may have to reference that you were empowering, right? And say, well, in order to empower me, that means to let me do this job. And at the point in time, if, if I'm flailing, if I'm not able to meet standards, well, of course, I expect you probably are going to micro me a bit. You are going to mm-hmm. tighten it. But you know what he found out? This particular person which is very unorganized and expected them to accommodate the, how disorganized they were. <laughs> and for them, it, what's the difference if I text you on Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon, I got to get this work done. Now, this person made it very clear. It's not my job to go tell my manager, you're just unorganized mm-hmm. and you should maybe take a class or something on, <laughs> on time management or something. But they did have to have that conversation about boundaries. Um, and yeah, it was tough. And you know what, Jeff? He didn't like it. He didn't like having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pre-warned them that that might be part of it. It might be like, ouch, you might be poking a bit. But better that than you're in year number two, you're on vacation, and you're having the greatest time of your life on the beach with your family, and your phone goes off and you pick it up because it's him. And now you're in a place where I got to respond. I got it. I got it. I got When in the reality was it's his monkey. And the reality is you didn't set a boundary. Right. So you, you I mean, I, I didn't really labor on when you were talking about it earlier about the boundary thing, but do you see that as an important facet of managing this process? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's what it, this is really all of it is based on is you have to set a clear boundary. Because mm-hmm. um, I know you kind of alluded to that in the beginning, and we didn't use the term. Yeah, but, but by sitting down and saying I can't, I'm not equipped, I'm not the right person, that is a form of setting a boundary, right? Yeah, and and the boundary needs to be properly permeable or something. I can't think of the right way to say it. You need to have some, you know, that boundary needs to be able to be communicated. It also needs to be able to be communicated through Mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, it's a Sunday morning and you get the text from your boss. You know, you set the boundary, don't bother me on Sunday morning. So the plant's on fire. I need you here now. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So that boundary needs to be understood what can cross through it and what can't. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great, great point. Um, you, you have to be able to articulate that a text message on Sunday morning is emergency. We 
all hands on deck. Uh, everybody has to pitch in. We didn't see this coming. Or maybe it's like, hey, this client moved the meeting from Thursday to tomorrow morning at 9. Mm-hmm. Can you just confirm that you you have enough time to get what you need in place? Yeah, that's 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 different. Yeah, that's completely different. But to use Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to go, hey, did you see that email I sent you on the second quarter profit and loss? <laughs> Sorry, no. Yeah, so yeah, set, learning to set those kind of boundaries in that situation, once again, you know, the boss you were describing, you know, his lack of planning is not my emergency. And that's why I brought it up, Jeff, because mm-hmm. it is kind of that whole idea about the monkey thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and again, you could say, well, well, what if he doesn't stop? And, and what, if, what if the manager, regardless of the situation, is, is unwilling to? I'm not, I'm not here to, to like say, hey, you, how do you fix your organization and a manager within mm-hmm. that organization? I just know that if you don't, that's going to be a lot worse than if you tackle it on the front side. It's, you know, it's, it's like a fireman. When they're on duty, they're on duty. Yeah. When they're not on duty, there's no uh, fire alarm going off in their house. Right. Well, and we can go back to some of our previous episodes when we talked about building resources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the time to address a carbon monoxide problem is when you're at Lowe's and you're buying a carbon monoxide mm-hmm. warning device. That's when you have started to deal with carbon monoxide. Right. The time to be dealing with it is not when you're feeling like I'm going to pass out and I'm nauseous <laughs> and I can call 911. I mean, I'm using an extreme here. Well, I've, from personal experience, that's not fun. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that's all we're saying here. The messaging is not about, okay, you know, fill in the blank boilerplate. This mm-hmm. is what you do. It's it's kind of that idea once again back to it's it's those setting of boundaries. It's about what is your responsibility, what is theirs, um, and just because someone has a title does not mean it's a title. It, it does not mean that because you are the senior X Y and Z that you actually are that good. Mm-hmm. And that's not me taking a shot, Jeff. I'm just saying if you are able, and I'm going to segue here about how how we can use EQ to do this. Mm Because this is a big part about communication, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in our heads, we may know clearly this is is not my responsibility, right? With talking with friends about what I should do, it's clear. But when you and I have got to sit down and I got to say, hey, um, I need to talk to you about something. Mm -hmm. That's That's when it's tough. So with that, what are some maybe competencies, maybe approaches, um, strategies that people could use um, in using EQ to help communicate that, you know, hey, this is not mine, this is yours. I think, well, one is our first one, you know, pay attention to what you're feeling. You know, why am I feeling mad about this or or upset or whatever? Explore that a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, Okay, I, I am I am feeling discomfort because I don't this is not my issue, or I'm feeling discomfort because this is a difficult issue that I am going to be needing to evolve in. You know, that discomfort goes different ways. One is stay away. Yeah. One is you're gonna have to 
but it's okay that you feel that way. Recon- you know, and then recognizing patterns. Can I go back to yeah. paying attention? That's one of the biggest, I think, out there. Yeah, maybe I'm going to say it differently. I think it's one of the biggest strategies you can employ to help you navigate this thing mm-hmm. as you prepare for a, a, a tough conversation. Because, as you know, Jeff, emotions are data. Mm-hmm. And they can give you a lot of good data about what's behind this. What's the motivation? Why are you feeling upset? Why are you feeling frustrated? That prepares you to be able to go in with a clearer head when mm-hmm. you are having the tough conversation because you know what's behind it. You, you're, you're literate about the emotion. Yeah, right? I, I'm, I'm, I feel discomfort with this, Eric, because I'm not the one equipped to hand, help you. Right. And well, which you might continue on to say, and if I try to help you, I feel like I'm going to make your problem even worse, which is going to potentially damage our relationship. Exactly. So you, or Eric, I, I feel some discomfort with this. You know, I know I can be involved with you, but you know, th- that's too different. Once again, understanding what the emotion is telling you. Yeah. 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 So, um, you mentioned recognize patterns. Can you open that one up a little bit? I think more? that one's pretty simple. Just okay. When this person does this, I always do that. Mm. And when I always do that, am I getting the result that I want? You know, yeah, that's pretty simple. If if that way, I think consequential thinking plays a part in this mm-hmm. to be able to understand what the consequences are of you know always babysitting the other person's monkey when you shouldn't be. What are the consequences of that? Well, my monkey got loose and is terrorizing the neighborhood because I was, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw out too um, is uh, this, uh, the idea of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this comes in the form of, um, of listening to a person's story um, and, Managing your own biases mm-hmm. um, because we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things, Jeff, that uh, I'm going to recommend that you may feel are that's absolutely nuts. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to let me tell you everything? Are you willing to believe that that's where Eric is at? Because without doing that, you're probably not going to provide a ton of empathy. Mm-hmm. Because again, you've already decided maybe after two sentences that I don't think this is right. I don't think this is good. I think on and on and on. You've judged. You've judged ultimately. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you've judged. And I think where it also goes is that once you, I think, arrive to that point where you can provide empathy, I think validation is one of the strongest ways to begin a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. Expressing what you feel about the other person or how you feel about the other person in a positive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, validating that this person's life matters, that their journey matters. Good, mis- good, good decisions, bad decisions, they're enough. Mm-hmm. And you see that. And then moving to, here's what I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. What I have found, just my, my lived experience, right, is that when I validate, I position that person to take from me that difficult bit of information and it leaves our connection 
in a healthy place. And and that validation needs to be sincere. Oh, you know, it's without so like, doubt. Well, Eric, I like your glasses, but right. <laughs> and I and I would dare say, I'm, and I'm not. This is not again. We're not prescribing out there. Um, making validation and then inserting but after <laughs> m- might give an air of I really just threw out that flowery statement because I thought I was supposed to. I want to make it easier on me so that I can have this conversation, get it over with. You, you, you might want to you know say the you know say a validation. You know, Eric, I I really whatever. And then say, now let me understand. Mm-hmm. Could be that. Yeah. Something like that, that you said that, now you're letting the person mm-hmm. be involved in this situation. Right, you know. right. And, you know, you, again, as we're throwing out these various strategies, because mm-hmm. this is what they are, mm-hmm. these are not prescriptions. Right. You're going to have to find your own right cadence and mm-hmm. right uh, delivery. Um, it, it could be... Hey, you asked me for my help with this issue you're having mm-hmm. and fill in the blank of what the issue may be. If you knew once you've been asked previously to help, mm-hmm. you know it's something that you can't do, you mm-hmm. don't have the bandwidth, then it, it's got to be, Jeff, I feel like what you're asking me to do to help you is beyond my ability. Mm-hmm. I would love to help you, but I would that would really harm our relationship if I just pretended that I could, mm-hmm. and then in three months maybe you discover that it's just getting worse. I don't want to contribute to worse. Right. I want to contribute to in our relationship connection. Mm-hmm. Again, if I validate it and then I went to that, and I want to be very very clear, Jeff, and I know you know this. Um, our audience, the other person might turn on you. Mm-hmm. They may get angry as a hornet. They may exclaim how bad, how rude, how uncaring you, all of that. Right. So this is not silver bullet stuff that if you say this and if you do this, then they will do. I get it. That's consequential thinking. Right. It can and has, and in my experience, I I mean, I followed everything we've been talking about, mm-hmm. and it did not go well. That's where the empathy comes in. If somebody does that with you, you still have to have empathy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were looking at, at you, looking at me for something that you can't give. I understand why they're upset, and I'm, j- I'm just going to have to let that happen. Yeah, and for me, and this personally, I want to be able to walk away from that situation, that interaction, and feel that I did what I could do. I did what I was responsible for. I'm not responsible for your anger at me because you didn't like what I said. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for you thinking I'm uncaring. I'm not responsible for you thinking that I've failed you. Mm-hmm. That's your responsibility. That's your responsibility to examine. Well, why do I feel like Eric failed me? Why do I feel like he's betraying me? What's behind that? What did he say that expresses betrayal? Now, 
Again, this person might be just riding on the reaction to the emotion in the moment, Mm -hmm. and they can't see that. But again, and this is hard. This is really hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for me, and Jeff, you are responsible for you. Exactly. And that's really kind of the bottom line Mm -hmm. of it all. My monkey's mine, your monkey's yours. Yeah. With that, thank you everyone for tuning in. We look forward to the next time we're together.